We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider, Bruce Levine, and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. A pleasant good morning to you. Hi, everyone. Zach Zidman filling in for Matt Spiegel, joined by the baseball legend Bruce Levine. What a big weekend here in Chicagoland, and especially in light of what transpired last week as we look ahead to the introduction of the new manager on the north side, David Ross. Big, big I thought doings. it was Joe Espada. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, welcome in to Inside the Clubhouse. Great to have you here. Speaks taking the weekend off, and uh, it's great to have you here. You know, you know Zach Zaidman so well because he's your pre- and post-game host for the last two years on Cub Baseball and also the voice of the fifth inning on Chicago Cub Baseball. So uh, all you Cub fans out there and White Sox fans, Zach has been in uh, this um, culture for, is it 17 years now? How many years have you been, (laughs) how many years have you been uh, talking sports in Chicago? 17 years. So 15 years with the Bears. Yeah, 17 years. Uh, overall, because the last two seasons with the Cubs. And you can join us, too. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. And I think what we learned is that the Cubs in David Ross have a guy that understands the culture of the team and what made them successful when they won the championship in 2016, but also a man who understands what, and I don't know what the right word is for this, but... Theo Epstein, I think, privately would refer to it as a sense of complacency over the last two years, whatever you want to call it. But Ross also understands, I think, what went wrong that took the Cubs out of the running for what they were trying to get this past season. You mean he understands they had 29 blown saves? I'm fairly <laughs> certain he, he understands that. I, there's, there was a lot that went wrong, and... You know, some things that really went right for a team that won 84 games and is one of the huge disappointments of uh, recent vintage for Chicago baseball team, which is interesting, Zach, from the perspective that when 84 losses is a huge disaster, you know, as we've talked about before, that the bar has been raised so high that the expectations are to average 95 wins a year, which is actually 96, which is what they did in the first four years when uh, Joe Madden was the manager of this team until this year when it came all, all came crashing down in September again. So from all of that, um, you, you know you have front office people with, and Epstein and Hoyer and now McLeod, who's a part of their major league front office after uh, fronting the scouting and player development part, that uh, they are here to continue to win. Uh, Will will a minor rebuild be a part of that winning? Will there be 
a, a half step backward to take two or three steps forward as they look to the offseason free agency uh, trading. We don't know that. But the first step was David Ross is your new manager and understanding the culture of what they want to do going forward, not waiting for a Joe Espada who uh, interviewed great and is going to be somebody's great manager down the road to have to take a year to find out uh, what his relationships are like or what the Cub way of doing baseball is. And I think that's the reason David Ross is the manager. I I think what I like about the Cubs search is that I, I think they went into it with the feeling that David Ross was the man to beat, but they gave others an opportunity to win them over. Espada almost did, but you understand why they went with Ross. And I think it's because he understands how to implement the analytics and the metrics and the Cubs way of doing things. But there's also an understanding of what went wrong. And you mentioned the bullpen. To me, it's a little bit more than that. The bullpen was probably the biggest issue that everyone can relate to, but it's other things. It's the fact that they ran themselves out of many innings over the course of the season. And for a team that was number six in Major League Baseball this past year in home runs, well, why didn't they max out on those home runs the way the Twins, Yankees, and Astros did? Well, it's because of their inability to stay on the base paths. Uh, there were a, a number of situations over the course of the year that made you scratch your head in terms of what they were doing defensively, which contributed to extending innings for the other team. And that puts an awful lot of pressure on your starters as well as the bullpen. So all those things are related. And David Ross is here to kind of hold people accountable. Lowest contact again, you know, uh, that, that is troubling. The contact rate uh, was not where you needed to be. Houston, number one, by the way, in contact rate this season at 79%. Washington, number five in contact rate at 76%. The Cubs, 22nd out of 30 teams in Major League Baseball at 73%. And that's the other issue. This is not just one of those deals where you hire a new manager and all of a sudden David Ross waves the magic wand and the Cubs all of a sudden become the team that you saw in 2015, 2016, and 2017. There are other issues. It's it's a two-pronged attack. The second part is on Theo Epstein, and he accepts that, and and that's shifting the team a little bit to create more balance in that right. lineup. I mean, you know, they've, they've look, we, we've seen them change coaches constantly during this run. We, we've now seen them change manager now for the uh, – this is the fourth manager that they've had. Uh, you know, when you go back to through the eight years, uh, Joe was here for five. So from from that perspective, you know, going toward their ninth year of running this team, you're going to have their fourth manager, and they're hoping uh, that Ross is a continuation of what the very best times were under Joe Madden. And I keep hearing, well, he doesn't have any experience. How's he going to do? Well, you look around the landscape of Major League Baseball, And, Bruce, what we've seen is from Craig Council to Aaron Boone to Alex Cora to Dave Roberts, you can have a lot of success immediately without much experience being a former player and managing almost nearly following the retirement. And and I think it's it's a way to relate to the millennials. I, I think the game has changed to the point now where... You better have a lot of talent. Well, obviously, David Ross wouldn't be the manager first if he didn't have a knowledge of the way the game is played. In 15 years as a catcher, you're going to have that. 
But ultimately, the success in baseball is going to be dictated by the personnel that you're able to use. Of course. I mean, Gabe Kapler, two years out, okay? Young manager, highly thought of, uh, super metric oriented. Andy Green in San Diego, two years out, the same thing. So uh, when you do not have the talent to go along with everything else that you want to implement, it's, you know, there's a lot, there's, you know, a tremendous amount of consternation. But the reality is, is that, you know, Philadelphia is going back to a more standard type manager in Joe Girardi from going to the metrics oriented guy. And Joe is going to implement metrics just like all managers have to these days. But the perspective of what they want as far as leadership goes now pivots in Philadelphia and it's going to pivot in certain other places when people see that no matter how well you adhere to the metrics or how much talent you have, if you don't win, you're going to be replaced. Correct. That That's the bottom line. And I, I think the thing that, that gives you hope here is that it's not as though you just have a, a front office that doesn't understand what it takes to win a championship. Theo Epstein and, and the group that's helping him run the Cubs, they didn't just accidentally break that drought in Boston with multiple championships, and they didn't accidentally break the drought here of 108 years by uh, winning a championship. There's a lot of thought put into it, and I, I think... The thing that I appreciate about Theo Epstein, and I know you did sitting through that 81-plus minute uh, postseason press conference in which Epstein uh, very methodically broke down what he thought of the team. He tells you exactly what he's thinking, both in what worked and what didn't work and what needs to happen going forward. So you kind of have an idea of the blueprint that the Cubs are going to follow. Yeah, that it was an interesting 81 minutes where uh, I, I came down with a very uh... – had illness and was cured by the end of it. So it it was a long and and again it followed up seventy one minutes from the year before where he went into great detail what he expects, what he wants, everything that is you know they're looking forward to. And the bottom line you always hear from Epstein is, sorry, no excuses. We're here to win. And if we hurt your feelings, you gotta love that. If you though. hurt your, we hurt your feelings. Tell your friends, you know. I, I, I actually, and I don't, I don't mock that. I love that because I, I think there's a whole generation of people who grew up following the Cubs who never had those kinds of expectations. And to me, that the re, the reason the Cubs have made the changes that they've made going forward here is because it's not good enough to just compete for a playoff spot or make the playoffs. This is a team that wants multiple championships, and that's great. That's yep, great. Absolutely. It, 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 it's not easy to do. I mean, the Dodgers have been trying to do it. Right. They've had successful seasons the last few years, but they've not won the championship. As you mentioned to me when you walked in and we did our show prep, baseball is such a different animal when it comes to getting to the playoffs and trying to win. It's it's almost an impossibility to try to repeat. Look at the Dodgers, two times in the World Series this year, out in division play. They had the best team in the National League all year long. Uh, Washington might have had the best record from the end of May on, but you know the most con- consistent team in the National League, Los Angeles Dodgers. And where are they? They're at home watching most of the playoffs. Three one two. Six four four six seven six seven. Text. Uh, Zach at 67011. He hates reading text, but he might today. All right, let's get out to the phone lines and start enrolling Meadows. John, you're on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. How you doing, John? Good morning. 
How are you? We're doing well. What's up? You know, I I think what the front office has to look at here, because you don't have a lot to deal with uh, from the from the uh, AAA farm system, you almost have to look at the core of your ball club right now. I, I'm a Sox fan, and I know what it's like to get a lot of lip service and not a not a whole lot of response from your front office. And the Cubs are just the opposite. But you've got so much work to do with your with your bullpen. You've got a you've got to kind of restructure your starting rotation a little bit. Um, you've got you've got to rebuild your farm system. I mean, that's a must. Your farm system right now is pretty much trash. Um, what what you have to do is look at your core and decide who you can get the most by dealing, whether it be a Contreras, a Bryant, um, someone like that, maybe, maybe a Schwarber, now that he had a breakout year. You've got to get your farm system built up. This will free up some money for the free agent market, not the top-tier players, but like the second-tier players, people that can step in and get, and, you know, get into the starting rotation um, you know, you, you might look at an eighth inning guy to get to your closer, but your, your rotation's getting older and it's time to start looking at things. And a guy like Bryant can bring in a couple of, of, you know, kids that'll be ready to play in the next year or two, as well as maybe someone to help out in your bullpen. Thanks. Thanks so much for your call. Uh, you know, a lot of nice things said there, uh, all true. Um, the Chris Bryant situation is something we'll get into with his grievance and the fact that uh, teams or and the Cubs really don't know if he's going to be a free agent for one year or two years, depending on how that grievance is heard. In our next segment, we'll talk a little bit more about the grievance and how this um, impacts not only the Chicago Cubs, but possibly Major League Baseball for the next couple of years before the new CBA comes around. It's, uh, you know, the, the decision by a arbitrator is going to be uh, crucial as to how baseball is looked at and how free agency and uh, arbitration is dealt with in the future. 312-644-6767. Matt is in River North. Hi, Matt. You're on Inside the Clubhouse hey, on morning, 670 The Score. What's I've up? I've got a couple questions for you. Bruce, i got to say, i got to give you credit. You're the only guy in the city who ever talks about outfield defense. And if you look, it just killed the Cardinals in the playoffs. And I look at both sides of town – and they're not very good out there. And if the Sox are talking about getting Ozuna, you have him and Jimenez out there. Jimenez was the third worst defensive outfielder in runs saved, and he may have the worst throwing arm in the major leagues. You know that kills your pitching staff. You, you need someone to be able to go out and get the ball. And I agree. Like, you know, when you've been talking about that for years, and at the critical times, you know, in, in big playoff games, that's when the balls hit to one of those guys, and it costs you. It could cost you a championship. But the other thing about the Cubs I wanted to mention, they freed up a lot of money, right? They're going to have, not have Hamill's money and all that. Yeah, I think they can retool their bullpen. Coming off. I would love them to get uh, Whit Merrifield and have like him and Horner 1-2. That would give you like a Turner-Eaton type of thing going on there. Told the new owner has Kai Bosch trading Merrifield for now. 
I love how people just assume that the Cubs haven't thought of and stuff. And uh, thanks like this. for your comment. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, that was serious. I mean, Merrifield is something, someone that the Cubs were very seriously interested in over the last two years. From uh, people I've talked to, uh, the conversations continued on this offseason. And uh, the Cubs were recently told that ownership there is uh, new ownership for the Kansas City Royals has said uh, he is our face as of now. So at this point in time, we're not trading with Merrifield. And he would have been an ideal guy, led the American League in hits the last two years, runs very well, plays second in center field. What were the weak spots for the Cubs last year? Second in center field. I mean, it would be a great addition, but it's just not going to happen now. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting to to listen to Theo Epstein finally admit that there needs to be a concerted effort made to try and replace what Dexter Fowler was able to give them in the 2016 season. We know what transpired at, at second base in terms of the lack of production. Daniel Descalso never lived up to expectations when they signed him. You know, losing Ben Zobris for that big chunk of time over the course of the season really hurt them. Addison Russell was never a factor from an offensive standpoint at second base. And uh, the numbers showed that no matter who played there, they just didn't get the production that you expect right. in Major League Baseball in center field. See, to me, one of the one of the tough parts is that I, I don't blame the core four. The core four continued to, to play at a high level. Injuries generally were the reason over the last couple of seasons that you didn't see the kind of numbers overall that you wanted from the core four. But there was nothing wrong with Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, or Bryant. The issue was, to me, over the last few years, the next four. You know, Schwarber bounced back with a big offensive season this year, but that wasn't the case last year. And you never really I think got... he said Bryant twice. I mean, Schwarber, you're adding Schwarber in. No, no, no. You're I not... met Contreras, Baez, Bryant, and uh, and Rizzo, Rizzo. Oh. As, as the core four. There wasn't anything wrong with them. But to me... The, the biggest issue was the next four. Now, again, Schwarber had a big offensive season this year. But, you know, after 2016, I, I think there was more, and realistically, more of an expectation that you'd see uh, an ascension of guys like Ian Happ when he joined the majors, uh, Schwarber from an offensive standpoint, Albert Almora Jr. never took that next step. And as a baseball player, I'm just talking about the actual guy on the field, Addison Russell, never gave you what you thought you were going to see following that 2016 season. Not even close. We are going to step out for a minute. Danny Evans, former general manager, former assistant general manager with the White Sox for almost 20 years, general manager of the Dodgers when David Ross first came to the big leagues, will be joining us coming out of the break. Your calls remain important to us, an essential part of the show at 312-644-6767. All that's ahead on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Join Northwestern football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats host Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota in Big Ten place. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now 
at nusports.com. Alongside the baseball insider, Bruce Levine, I'm Zach Saban. In for Matt Spiegel, this is Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We'll get to the World Series and the White Sox coming up, but the Cubs making some big news this week, officially hiring David Ross as the new manager and joining us now on the Al Pamonte Ford hotline. Al Pamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from, is the man who I guess you could say gave David Ross his start in the majors. I would say that's absolutely correct, Zach. Uh, Dan Evans joins us, currently a consultant for baseball-related matters with organizations, other entities, including consulting for the Field of Dreams on their August 13, 2020 host of the MLB Field of Dreams in Iowa between the Yankees and the White Sox. Danny has done so many things uh, throughout the years, and we are delighted to have you on the show today. Dan, how are you? I'm well, Bruce, and hello, Zach. How are you guys doing today? We're we're doing great. Uh, I guess let's let's start with um, the the current information going on right now. David Ross uh, gets his opportunity to be a big league manager with the Chicago Cubs starting in 2020. When he was coming up through the Dodger organization, you were the vice president and general manager of the team. What was the take at the time on David Ross as a player and as an individual? Well, Bruce, first of all, I'm really happy for David. I just saw him about a month ago. I think he's ready, and I think he's going to be terrific. I've stayed in touch with him through the years. I think he's going to be fantastic. One of the advantages of spring training in Vero Beach, we were with the Dodgers together, is the amount of time you spend with everybody in the camp. So I really felt that I knew David long before he got to the big leagues. The scouts who recommended him and drafted him, felt that he had really good game feel and terrific leadership capability. And I thought for a while, Bruce, that he was going to be a potential first-string catcher. I thought he could be a starter, and I thought at worst he'd be a platoon or an outstanding backup. And luckily I was right on that one. He came up and immediately digested information well But the thing that impressed all of us the most was in his first big league camp, he looked like he belonged interpersonally, socially, and on the field. And that's a really hard transition, particularly for a catcher, because there's a lot of information to digest and relationships to make. And I I really think David's going to be terrific as the Cubs manager. I think he's a great combination of a leader, toughness, game feel but but guys i also think that he was around five great managers bobby cox tito uh, terry francona joe madden bruce bochi dusty baker and he absorbs information so well and that backup catcher tends to just digest things more because he's on the bench he's around the the, the manager as he's making decisions I think that's going to play well for David's career. I want to go to level two, Dan, because I'm fascinated by what you said early on in his career, the inner workings of the interpersonal relationships, both on the field and off, that you need to have, that you look for. From from a general manager standpoint, can you describe specifically what you mean? Well, I, I hate to see rookie players that are intimidated by stars or veterans because it's like a typical work environment 
except that you're traveling and you're with people 24 hours a day, far more than you're even, you know, with with your own family. And Zach, you see it with the Blue Demons. I mean, it's you just learn about people and you see how freshmen interact with juniors and seniors. Well, a player that's intimidated by veterans will will really have a tough time on the field because when he goes to the mound for a conversation, that conversation is going to be very one-sided. And there's a lot of times during the game where the catcher has to be the field general. He has to come out and he has to be very firm in his conversation. And he's got to get to the point. He's got to be very direct and very decisive. So for me, I always look for young players who, you know, I don't mind cockiness. I don't mind brashness. But I also want somebody who respects authority, but also realizes that he can contribute. And you could see that from David immediately. When he was uh, when he was coming up, you could see that he was going to be decisive in game and when he got to the big leagues he wasn't one of those guys who shrinks up and went in the corner he learned people he got relationships and he developed a respect in the clubhouse that very few backup young catchers are able to get very quickly yet he got it it was there Visiting with former Dodgers general manager Dan Evans here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Then I want to move ahead to something that you said early on when you joined us about how you feel David Ross is ready. When you look at at the credentials that a manager needs to have, what makes David Ross ready today to take over this team? Well, it's a different environment, Zach. The guys that were hired 30 years ago were hired under different circumstances, different variables. I think the most important role that a manager has today is his interaction with the players and the fact that he's the daily face to the media and to the fans. And I think as a result, he's got to be able to delegate, but he also has to know how to communicate. That's one of his greatest strengths. Ross has a real knack for being able to interact with people, just as an example, when um, he was at the Field of Dreams about a month and a half ago for an event, David was interacting with so many fans who came there to see him. And his line for the autographs was longer than the autograph lines for six Hall of Famers. And people That's constantly kept coming to me going, boy, what a good guy, what a good person. I also think, Zach, that his time with ESPN the last couple of years will probably benefit him a great deal because he now has a better understanding of how the media works, but he also got a chance to see the game from a perspective of 30,000 feet where he had to know the 30 clubs. He had to understand, you know, what was going on with different teams and he had to come in in a slightly uncomfortable, different role, which I think helps his interpersonal skills helps hone his media needs. And, you know, listen, the two of you know, one of the most difficult things for a major league manager to do is after a tough loss, he's got a bunch of stick mics and recorders in his face sitting at his desk. And the way he communicates and articulates his thoughts about that game have a lot to do with the perception of the club externally. And it's how he communicates in a subtle way to the fans, to the players, to the other teams. And there's a knack to that. There's an art to that. And I think Ross already had those skills, 
But I think now David's had a couple of years to get better. I pointed to the former managers that I think will play well. And I think importantly, he knows the leagues. He knows the teams involved. I think it's going to be a different circumstance for a rookie manager. I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. Dan, uh, when you look at the World Series and you look at baseball 2019 moving toward 2020, uh, we understand the metrics world has caught up to uh, what Dan Evans was espousing uh, 25 years ago. And you were coming up with uh, little cards for Tony Larusa to do something innovative at the time, uh, lefty-righty, uh, you know, matchups and how hitters do against certain players, lefty and righty. That was that was the groundbreaking stuff you did back then. It, it seems it seems so incredible to where we've gotten to now and during the World Series where every pitcher, every hitter, every manager, every metrics department is trying to win every pitch. Yeah, and Bruce, you know what? I think in some cases we we paralyze ourselves somewhat with analysis, and I think the gut feel of some really great baseball people sometimes is uh, – not only taken for granted, but ignored in some cases. And I think it's such a gut feel game. I mean, the book Blink is like the, uh, the, the sounding board for baseball people because so much of the sport is subjective. And there are, you know, there's so much failure in our game. I love analytics, but I love scouting. And I think the perfect world is a hybrid between the two because you know, our job, Bruce, regardless of what you do within the playing side of the game, is to get it right and to eliminate as much risk as you can. I've been a proponent, like you said, for years about analytics, but I think you can't be lopsided. You've got to address both sides of the game to re- get really good decision making. And I'm so happy for Mike Rizzo. I'm a longtime friend. We worked together 30 years ago with the White Sox and Mike's a Chicago guy, and Mike gets it. Mike understands that in order to win, you've got to embrace all areas. And I think one of the problems in our sport, Bruce, is there's some people that are very myopic one way or the other, and they don't recognize at times that the job is to get it right. And if getting it right means that you embrace both sides, why wouldn't you do that? This segment is brought to you by Fast Park and Relax Indoor Airport Parking, serving Midway Airport. Traveling from Chicago's Midway Airport, park with Fast Park and Relax and enjoy indoor parking just two minutes away for only $11 per day. Fast Park's van will take you to your terminal on time every time. Visit them at thefastpark.com for reservations online. No walking, no waiting, never alone. Our final few moments here with former Dodgers general manager Dan Evans on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Can we move back to the Cubs just for a sec? Because obviously, and rightfully so, we're spending a lot of time focusing in, Dan, on David Ross and what he means for the ball club. But ultimately, this is a team that did not make the playoffs this season, and the expectations were much higher, not just by the people outside of Wrigley Field, but by the people running the ball club. So going forward, how does Theo Epstein retool? I don't think it's a rebuild. It's it's a retooling of making sure you know what you have and adding to it in a way that, that creates a little bit more balance. Well, first, Zach, I think they were a flawed team going into 2019. And I think 
there were a number of people, including myself, who thought they were overrated and felt that they were they were not the caliber of a couple other teams in their division. I think they uh, I think they somewhat overachieved, but I think the sum of their parts was not a world championship club. And I think had they got in, they weren't going to get past the first game or the first round anyway. I just don't think they were that good a club. They were so flawed in a couple of areas. I think Theo and Jed and the Cubs management have a very difficult task, one of the hardest things to do in the big leagues, and that is contend while tweaking with a below-average farm system. I mean, their farm system is one of the most, uh, I think, probably one of the most difficult ones to view as positive in the game. I think it's one of the worst. And I think as a result, in order to rebuild that that farm system, most teams would look at um, either tanking or trading away assets to get young players. Well, the Cubs don't have that ability right now. It's not there. In order for them to contend, they're not going to be able to trade too many of their core players to get younger prospects in return. So they're in a bit of a catch-22 in that they're trying to win with other teams in their division starting to reach a much higher level and passing them. Teams like Milwaukee, St. Louis, they've passed them. And I think as a result, the difficulty of balancing a slight rebuild and a tweaking while you're trying to win is seldom very successful. It's a real hard task to do. And candidly, I just think sometimes you have to look at your core and wonder how many more seasons of productivity and winning you have before you have to move along. Danny, we could do an hour with you anytime. We appreciate your expertise and uh, your friendship today. Thank you so much. Continue success in your endeavors. I, I know the Field of Dreams things is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, if you can help us with some tickets for that, uh, you know, there's 8,000 tickets that are going to be available. And I've already heard from probably 20,000 people that are interested. May, they all say, well, you know, if I have to pay a little bit more, it's okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, Bruce, let's just say it's going to be the most difficult ticket in the history of baseball. I just don't see it being when you see Fox advertising it to open a World Series game and the game is 10 months away. It indicates the level of interest already in the game. Danny, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, have, a, have a good offseason. I'm sure I'll see you around uh, floating from here or there, probably at the winter meetings. Uh, continued success, and thanks again from uh, Zach. You got it. Okay. Thanks again, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Danny Evans, uh, the first general manager for David Ross, uh, giving some of his expertise and not pulling any punches when he uh, looks at the Chicago Cub organization right now. Okay, so he was saying that the most difficult job ahead is trying to balance retooling this team without having the use of a farm system in which you can bring guys up to help you do that. But you look at the Cubs' core. Is there enough there where if you make some shrewd moves, you could quickly find yourself back ahead of teams like St. Louis and Milwaukee? We'll, For how long? We'll discuss next right here on Inside the Clubhouse. 312-644-6767 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Inside the clubhouse rolls on on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Talking some Cubs baseball with you at 312-644-6767. Are you, are you having fun? It's baseball. I know. I mean, it's, it's, the, the beautiful thing about baseball is 
and you know we're lucky that uh, Mitch Rosen's a program director here because he values a baseball show 52 weeks out of the year. Matt Spiegel and I do that every Saturday, all year long, and the value of that is that baseball season continues to be the off season. And now, what are we going to do for the White Sox and the Cubs as far as adding on? and continuing to be able to compete. Who are the free agents? Next next week we'll be talking for the first time about free agency kicking in after the World Series. Uh, what will the trades be that the teams need to make? How do they pair up? How do they, how do they look toward the other 28 teams, and how do they match up with them? So that's the beauty of baseball. Um, you can talk about football in the offseason. It's not that sexy. It, it's, it's great when it's on. But uh, when it comes to the offseason, it's not there. Same thing with basketball. With with baseball, you get a lot of fans involved about retooling, rebuilding their team. Everybody's a general manager. It's part of the fun. That's Bruce Levine. I'm Zach Zubman. In for Matt Spiegel. You can join us at 312-644-6767. I want to hit on something that we talked about prior to the commercial break, and that was in listening to Danny Evans, the former Los Angeles Dodgers general manager, and he was talking about how, in his opinion, he felt the Cubs were overrated heading into the 2019 season and their flaws were exposed. But, you know, I look at, at Theo Epstein's history. He won the second championship with the Red Sox, in a different way than he won the first championship with the Red Sox. It was a different team. And we've seen teams successfully retool without having to take major steps back and spending a whole lot of time rebuilding. The Yankees are a perfect example of that. So when you look at the Cubs' major league core, can you tweak it and add the necessary pieces that you need to create a more balanced team that can help put you above St. Louis and Milwaukee going forward? Well, they have the benefit, as you say, of being really smart guys and having won championships before and understanding this long before you and I even talk about it on the air or fans start to relate to the fact that a step backwards isn't necessarily a step to failure or being under 500. It's a step where you might have to trade a big person who uh, has been an important part of your team for the last few years that you can get more value for somewhere else where he's needed more than he's necessarily needed here any longer. If you put all that to you know the equation and you look at a trade like Brian Cashman made where he's able to bring in Torres for Chapman and then eventually sign Chapman again. Uh, those are, those are interesting things, <laughs> things that the uh, Chicago Cubs might be able to uh, be able to do as well. So, uh, when when you look at it it's all doom and gloom, it's it's not. You have a lot of talented players left on the Cubs. It just depends how the offseason goes and how they go about manipulating it. Again, there's $40 million coming off of the payroll. Uh, that's going to be interesting how they parse that out to see how they uh, want to bring in uh, other free agents or other players that are traded for. Out to the phones we go at 312-644-6767. Don is in Burr Ridge. Hi, Don. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Love the show. Love the, uh, the talk with the, the ex-GM of the Dodgers, Danny. I loved what he said about it's going to be um, curious on how to trade or uh, manipulate the, the, the roster. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I called... Uh, Right before the trade deadline, I, I suggested a trade for the White Sox to the Dodgers with Abreu and Cologne for Urias. And I, I don't know if you remember that, uh, Bruce. Right. But I, I'm always trying to think about um, 
how to better both of the Cubs and the Sox, even though I'm a bigger Cub fan. I have I have some thoughts on what I would do, and and one of the things I ask you to think about, maybe you can talk about it next week. If you guys were the GMs of the Cubs, what would you do? I'd, I'd live in well, a much nicer house. <laughs> right away, <laughs> I'd live in a much nicer house. Um, <sighs> but you know, it, it's a good call. You know, I mean, there there are, these things are well thought out by a lot of people and. You know, again, when you're with the Cubs or the White Sox right now, the White Sox are going to need to add starting pitching, and and, and they're going to they're going to need to add some left-handed hitting. They're very much right-handed, and it's as one White Sox executive said to me, "I'll take all the great right-handed hitters in the world that's out there, and we'll win with those." But he, you know, they talk about having more balance in their lineup. They talk about having a veteran or two to go along with their young core of starting pitchers. And that's, that's what they're looking at with the Cubs. Um, you know, I don't know where you start. Do you, do you consider trading a uh, Jose Quintana with one year left? Uh, you know, they have, he has an option year that the Cubs are going to pick up. You consider trading him for other young starting pitching that might be out there to another contender that may want Quintana to, finish off their rotation while you take a shot on a couple of other guys that are possibly on the come as far as young pitching goes. And another thing that I look at, because again, in 81 plus minutes, I think Theo Epstein kind of told you the way he was thinking and this core that we've become accustomed to seeing over the last five plus years with the Cubs, it's not going to look the same next year. There's going to be a change to the core Uh, and there's going to be a change to the next four. So I think you're going to be looking at a different ball club that David Ross is managing. That's why there have been a lot of questions as to, you know, what's it going to be like to manage guys that you played with? Well, there aren't going to be many guys that he played with that are left on the Cubs, and the ones that he is managing are guys that, in my opinion, respect him to the core, which will only enhance his credibility within the framework of that clubhouse. Right. You know, again, David Ross is never going to be a bad pick as a manager for the Cubs. As to how successful he's going to be is going to be determined by the roster and what they come up with for him to manage. He's going to handle people well. He's going to handle the media well. He's going to handle situations that come up well. But if he doesn't have enough talent to win, he's not going to win. Right. And now I I think... There's been this notion that Joe Madden didn't relate to his players. That's BS. Right. Because I don't think that was ever a problem. I, I think that is Joe Madden's specialty. I, I think part of the problem that upset the Cubs, and one of the reasons that I think David Ross is here now, is that you want to hold people accountable when mistakes are made. And maybe that wasn't taking place the last couple of years. I think that's going to be one of the major changes when you make mistakes on the base paths, when you're not doing the things you need to do defensively. You don't want to put yourself in a position where the mistakes you make are costing you ball games. Open phones for Chicago fans here on Inside the Clubhouse at 312-644-6767. Text us at 6711. The next hour is uh, guest-free, so we are going to be able to talk Cubs, Sox, World Series, Chris Bryant's grievance situation, everything coming up here 
in this next hour. Including the answer to this question from Bruce Levine. What is the next step for the White Sox? We discuss next on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 